just the reminder that we are incarnate people. We, yes. we are souls dwelling in physical bodies, and our physical bodies need food, so we eat things, and we smell things, mm-hmm. and we gather together with people in person, in the flesh. Seeing people face-to-face is a joy. So the incarnation validates all of those things. And rather than saying, oh no, anything in the body, in the flesh, anything material, practical is just a distraction. Mm, Just try to go off into a closet and meditate and think about the incarnation misses the whole point of the incarnation, which is that God took on flesh to redeem us body and soul. You're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast devoted to equipping the members of Emmaus Road Church to make and multiply disciples of Jesus Christ in the city of Sioux Falls. The people of Emmaus Road are committed to regular rhythms of gathering and scattering. We gather corporately in worship on Sunday mornings. We gather in missional communities and discipleship huddles. We scatter throughout our city where we want to give every resident of Sioux Falls repeated opportunities to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Make and Multiply. My name is Matt Grun, uh, pastoral resident at Emmaus Road Church, joined as ever with Ryan Chase, uh, pastor and elder at Emmaus, and once again, the great, the one, Logan wow. Thune. Yes. Here he is in all of his <clears throat> glory. Here he is. And so he is going to join us for today again, um, discussing Christmas. We're going to talk about Christmas. What is it? I drank some eggnog last night. I, we to heard, get, yeah. To get ready for this? Yeah, it was really to get ready for this. <laughs> Lots of Christmas joy. That'll put you in the spirit. That will put you somewhere. Yeah, yeah. that's good. That's <laughs> <laughs> so this morning, we are going to talk about Christmas. Once you guys pull yourselves together, uh, why do we celebrate Christmas? Now, we've, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of assumption here. Like, everybody celebrates Christmas. Everybody, There seems to be... There's no, it is the season, right? The season. Um, but why do we celebrate? What, what is, why is it a particular, maybe this is a good way to start it. What makes it a Christian holiday? Mm. What separates it from Thanksgiving or Fourth of July or Flag Day or, <laughs> or other days? What makes it a Christian holiday? You yeah. boys need to answer that question. Well, Christmas certainly has all kinds of connotations in our minds, like you said, culturally, Santa and reindeer and ugly sweaters and all of those things that grow up around it. I I think there are a couple levels uh, or layers to that question of why. Why do we celebrate it? The the church has historically uh, celebrated the birth of the eternal Son of God, the incarnation. God became man um, on a annual basis. So we recognize that, and then we it's been on the church calendar, and so there's a, a routine to that. Even though December 25 is not the birthday, you know, the day that Jesus was born, it, it's a date that the, the, the church has said, we're going to recognize and remember and celebrate this on an annual basis. So I, I think one layer to that question, why do we celebrate it, is um, it is good and right for our souls to have traditions, mm-hmm. to have things that just That's come good. around on the calendar, because you know it's, it's one thing to say, well, when we feel like it, or mm-hmm. when it comes up, or when we want to, then we'll do something. No, it's just set, and it's coming, like it or not, ready or not, here it comes. And, and so then it helps us turn our hearts and our minds to important things. And so there, there are several of those really important things. The church has said, that this should just be regular for us. We're just mm-hmm. going to do this 
routinely. Um, and traditions, habits, you, you think about family traditions at, at Christmas. There are things you look forward to. That mm. It creates a whole nostalgic feeling and all of that stuff that comes with it because it's like a, a well-worn path. You, right. you, you wear a, a groove in the ground, and, and when the wheels fall into that groove, they just follow along. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like so that's one layer. Sunday mornings. Sunday mornings, Every yeah. week, we, there's a reason why we do it every yes. week. And there's something that. so healthy for us uh, about having those kinds of commitments where we just say, we are going to do this no matter how we feel. That's right. A- and, and then we know how we ought to feel. And so if we realize we don't feel that, our hearts are not in it, we, we know that we should be leading our hearts in that direction. Mm. So, so that's, that's more just why do we do this mm-hmm. annually? Why, why does the church historically have this on the calendar? Yeah. And, and then when you think of, of all the things that we would celebrate routinely, annually, well, the, the incarnation of the Son of God. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that's what makes it distinctly Christian. Right. Yeah. And I think when we <clears throat> take that that vantage point of like, okay, what makes this Christian and how do Christians celebrate it? Like, people can look at a manger scene. They can look at the nativity. They can be like, hey, we celebrate this, this little baby. Um, there's a lot of like sentimentality that goes with that. Right. When you recognize not only that this was the word becoming flesh and God dwelling with man. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> oh, wow. Cut that out. <laughs> but uh, when you recognize that he came in order that he might die on the cross for our sins, um, that, that's not just this little cute and sentimental thing, though you know we like all of those things that come with the season. Um, that's the thing that actually has ramifications for us. That's mm. the thing that... Um, we see the the significance of this birth, right. um, and and I think that's where um, I love all of the the Sovereign Grace Christmas albums because you know the way that they celebrate and they it, it's always tied to the bigger purpose of right. God coming, um, not just to be this baby and to stay this cute baby and to give us warm fuzzies, but that he would free us from our sin, that right. he would bring light into the, into the darkness. And um, Matt, I think in your sermon last week, kicking off Advent, um, just highlighting, he came and he was the fulfillment of all of these promises and of all this, um, you know, hopes that there's just this roller coaster of ups and downs in the Old Testament and, and this waiting and this waiting. And, and so um, I think that's what's awesome about Christmas is that it's not just this thing that gives us good feelings. It's, yeah. um, it's this thing that has changed the, the world. <laughs> right. And there's layers to it, like you were saying, Ryan. Uh, I think the first layer when we come to the Christmas season is just the nostalgia of it, of our traditions. And just, it's that time of year again, we get the Christmas tree out and the weather changes. It's just all these... On what day? What should you do that? On what day do you bring out all this? Oh, my, my, my house does it in like early November. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm, I didn't really have much say in it, but we, so all these, so you have layers of it, of nostalgia. And then the next layer is even just to think on, oh, wow, God became man. That, I mean, that really is what we're discussing. The incarnation, the, the coming of the Messiah, the coming of the Christ. Um, and that's a layer that is really, you know, drives it a little bit deeper when you, mm-hmm. when we come to the text. But then as you were saying, and I think this is just, it's just, we have to keep going. You have to keep going deeper. The, the baby came, or God became man. God became flesh so that he can die in our place. And it's, it's almost like recognizing not just so much the cute baby, but this is the birth of the lamb. And the lamb will be 
slain. And so all the, 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 the Old Testament texts of, um, of, of the preparation of the lamb that will be slaughtered for our behalf um, in Leviticus, and you, you have all this preparation and all this anticipation to kill this lamb, spread its blood, you know, and, and through that blood you will be um, cleansed. You know, all of a sudden, the baby takes on this, there's this depth to what's happening because the baby will grow up and the baby will now start a mission, and that mission is going to be to save the world. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's a danger, certainly, in um, the familiarity that comes with the fact that it's yearly. Mm-hmm. We do this every year. And so it comes around, and it's easy to kind of think, I I know that. I know that's what Christmas is about. And then to think, because I know that, because I've heard that, I don't need to think about it anymore. Mm -hmm. When the reality is, you you take a concept like the incarnation, and there's so much depth and glory and majesty and mystery wrapped up in it that um, no one can ever say, I have meditated on that sufficiently. (laughs) There is nothing else there for me to see or nothing else there that would affect me. Think about um, beautiful places you've visited around the world, sites that you've seen. You know, I have a friend who routinely goes back to the Grand Canyon to hike that, and he's always looking to put a group together to go back and hike the Grand Canyon again and yeah. again and again. Uh, and he just loves it. His, fav- his favorite place on earth. And, and he'll go back again because he wants more and deeper experiences to behold that, that grandeur. And so mm. it's the same thing. We, we're coming back expecting, a, no, th- this is not oh yeah, I know this, I've heard that already, I know that Jesus mm-hmm. is the Son of God who was born to save the world. Um, it's, no, I, I am eager and anticipating yeah. the, the sights. It, some of them are going to be familiar sights. Right. I might catch new glimpses I've never thought of before, but either way, it's, yeah. it should stir my heart. Uh, I, I love the, the quote. He basically says the same thing, but Athanasius says, so many are the Savior's achievements that follow from his incarnation that to try to number them is like gazing at the open sea and trying to count the waves. Wow. And and if you've ever stood at the edge of the ocean, you know that it's just this never-ending thing. The, the waves keep coming over and over and over again. And I think to your point, Ryan, there's a sense in which, yes, it's familiar. Yes, it it seems like we're doing the same thing. But like, there's no bottom to it. There's yeah. It's just um, this immense... Um, yeah. There's just so much to it um, right. that that we, we can't exhaust it, um, that's and right. so that's what's what's crazy. And you think then of of the different traditions that like your family might have, or that we do as a church. I know we've done um, we've read the Innkeeper by John Piper kind of annually. We're, we've started doing a, a Christmas concert. Mm. It's like all of those things are then fresh angles um, to to look back at this at this reality, yeah. um, and it's. It, that's why we do it <laughs> every year. I think, Ryan, to your point about, um, you know, I think we can often, with the familiarity, I mean, a highlight of that is the fact that one of the key things we love about Christmas is the songs, right? We love singing the songs. But the fact that we love the songs and blow through them and the lyrics and and don't wonder at some of these lyrics, like, Oh Holy Night or Silent Night or... Uh, came upon a midnight clear, or all, all these "Hark the Herald Angels Sings," "Joy to the World," all these, all these ones that we just love to sing. We we just love to sing them, but often we don't linger on the words. Mm. And to highlight that, the fact that you know, secular artists, people who despise God, 
and and want nothing to do with with the Christian faith will still put out albums on mm-hmm. Christmas and still put out singing these words and we still listen to them because hey it's Christmas spirit and it just shows how we can we can numb ourselves mm. to this to the realities that are taking place because what we really want is the the warm magic of Christmas. Um, but you, you hear the lyrics to like Joy to the World. He came to oh, what is it? He came uh, he he comes to make his blessings flow as far as the curse is yeah. found. That I mean you could just you could preach a whole love, sermon oh, on I that. I love how the melody made you remember. Well, that that's what I mean. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, 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 I had to, as Ryan says, I had to, I had to get the, tr- I had yeah. to get the, the wheels back in the rut. I had to follow that. Oh, Believe it, it or not, I was at a Christmas concert one time. A choir was singing, and they ended. They invited everybody there to sing "Joy mm. to the World," and the choir director said, "But we're going to skip verse two because it has." this idea of the curse in there and that it just ruins no. it all. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> come on. <laughs> come, was, on yeah, come on. Come on. Far as the curse is found. I mean, when you, you sing the whole thing, he, he makes his blessings flow. That's right. Far as the curse is found. Right. To the deepest, darkest corners of my heart. That, right. that is good news for me personally. Yeah. It's good news for the world. Should we drill into that? Well, Doctrine yeah. of the incarnation for well, the time we've got left? Well, uh, well, I, we could, uh, I have a thought. Okay. Um, so I think the incarnation, God coming, becoming one of us in order to save us, I mean, that is worth, we could mine that forever. Uh, but I think the reality of Christmas that, that comes up on us is just the busyness of the season. Um, you know, f- planning weeks, months ahead to travel, to buy gifts. You're setting aside funds to do this. You're, you're making food all the time. You're getting together with family maybe that you don't really like or family that you've, you know, are estranged with or all these things. You just, it's all just like compressed into one month, one season of just, you know, there's your kids are wrapping up school. They're on vacation. They're, there's just all happening right then. Um, and it's it's interesting that so many of the Christmas stories, like the ones that we love, is all about not letting the season kind of go past you without pondering on. It. I think of, um, or without letting it affect you, like a Christmas Carol, The Grinch. You know, all these great stories that we you know we read our kids at this time are all about you know wanting to linger and not miss the meaning of Christmas. Right? Think of Linus and Charlie Brown wanting to nail down what is the meaning of Christmas. All that's taking place. So, guys, how does the incarnation? How does that reality of that thing we celebrate, how can that affect our attitudes and our, our po- the posture of our souls as we go into the holiday season? Mm. Is, that, yeah. is that fair? <laughs> I think in one sense, it, it just shows that if we aren't affected by it anew, or, or if we're going to go through all of these traditions and, and do all of the, the habits that we have each year um, and do them just to do them with a a hard heart, a, a scroogey mm. heart, or um, Scro- <laughs> a scroogey heart. heart. Zoe and I are reading uh, the Christmas Carol right now, and you got Fezziwig and his <laughs> joy, jovial, just lively spirit. And Lots of figgy pudding. Scrooge, yeah. um, just this cold-heartedness. I think uh, a verse that comes to my mind is, is Proverbs fifteen seventeen. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fattened ox and hatred with it. Mm. Um, and just mm. when you think of the aroma of Christmas in your house and how you celebrate this, um, you could have great gifts. You know, you could have a prime rib, uh, uh, you know, on your plate to, to have the Christmas, you know, lunch or whatever. 
Um, and you could do all of that, and there would be no joyous aroma. There would yeah. be no thankfulness for Christ's coming. There would it, <clears throat> so in, in that sense, um, I think there's a danger in that when we don't linger, when we don't let um, what Christmas means affect our souls, um, we can do all of it and do it in a way where yeah. uh, this we've had the fattened ox and there's just hatred in our house. And mm-hmm. so I think it's a reminder for us that um, the joy of Christmas shouldn't just be this thing that we sing in a song. It should be a thing that's lived out in our homes. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's hard, I, I think, in yeah. some ways when there's just so much busyness and so much going on. But um, how do we get get there? It, it's the fight of faith. I mean, this is right. the Christian life 365 days a mm-hmm. year. The fight of faith is always inside out, mm-hmm. dealing with our own hearts our own thoughts first, starting there, and then expecting that to work outward, that, that there really should be external fruit that comes from that root. Um, and sometimes the external things are a reminder to us, like we we're talking about, that this is here, whether or not you're ready, and if your heart is not in the right place and your attitude is sinful, sour, grinchy, or uh, what, Scrooge, Scroogey, uh, <laughs> th- then, then do something. And, and maybe you only have two minutes to do something, so yeah. repent and yeah. turn to the Lord and trust in Him and, and realize no, that, that what matters most is love, yeah. loving God and loving people. Yeah. And then if all you have for Christmas dinner is a, a, a salad, <laughs> yeah. Proverbs says, herbs. better to have herbs where love is than you know, the prime rib where there's, there's hatred. But the, I, I love taking those comparisons in Proverbs and realizing there are more than just those two options. There are actually four the best of all those scenarios would be the fattened ox where With there's joy. love yeah. Yeah. and joy. joy. Yeah. And so there is something about these externalities, Matt, when you're asking, how does the incarnation affect and inform how we go through these things? Just the reminder that we are incarnate people. We, yes. we are souls dwelling in physical bodies, and our physical bodies need food. So we eat things, and we smell things, mm-hmm. and we gather together with people in person, in the flesh, seeing people face to face is a joy. So the incarnation validates all of those things. And rather than saying, oh no, anything in the body, in the flesh, anything material, practical is just a distraction. Mm, just try to go yeah. off into a closet and meditate and think mm-hmm. about the incarnation yeah. misses the whole point of the incarnation, which is that God took on flesh to redeem us body and soul. Yeah. yeah. And that was made most and not only was that, did God make that clear in the incarnation, but then in raising Christ from the dead in, right. a bodily, in, in, in a body. Yeah. So it's not that he died and then is now has spirited away and you know, we, you know, now we will be like that yeah. uh, and we just need to find the right spirit at Christmas. No, at, God raised him from the dead in a body and therefore we, re, we, we, we rejoice in that because now that means that we continue to be you know, in-fleshed people and, yeah. and that affects then how we do it. And, and I really think the, ana- sorry, go ahead. You were going to, uh, yeah, I just think it, that can be really freeing for people mm. uh, to get out of a frame of mind that says like, you know, to, to be spiritual or to feel like I'm being really spiritual has to be going off, you know, meditating in solitude in a monastery or, you know, uh, rising above the materialism and, yeah. and, you know, like the stuff doesn't matter to me. Um, and I don't want anything to do with that because that all of that is just a distraction. But to realize, like, no, spiritual means filled with the spirit. Right. You, as a human being with a body, you have a soul. And by God's grace, he has poured out his spirit on you. And so now as you live in a body 
filled with the Holy Spirit and you make Christmas cookies yeah. filled with the Spirit, yeah. full of joy yeah. and patience for your toddlers who are making a mess and all of that, like that is spiritual. Right. Making Christmas cookies can be a spiritual yeah. thing. Giving gifts can be a spiritual thing. Physical yeah. gifts. And, and so I just, I think we can set up a false dichotomy between yeah. spirit and matter. Mm-hmm. And Christmas is actually the answer to all of that. Yeah. Yeah. God took yeah. on flesh. Yeah. That's right. So it matters. And, that's right. And I think that's where parents really have the obligation, dads and moms, in leading their family in this. I, I think of one of the traditions that, that my family had growing up was my dad would always read us the Christmas narrative from, from Luke. And we're all sitting there impatient waiting to get our presents opened and like why are we doing this blah blah you know like complaining um and yet it was my dad leading our family um to Mm. to dwell on these things to know that it's not just um the material detached from any uh significance or spiritual meaning um but it's both of those things together um and so now i'm like you know, I want to pass on that same tradition in in my family, and so um, it, yeah, I really think the the aroma of the home the the kids aren't going to get it unless it's uh, it's exemplified if it's right. shown to them um, by the adults around them. And so I think as a community, that's where um, we, we want to embody that and then let it be caught by yeah. by the next generation yeah, too. If this doctrine is so precious to us, then we should give intentional thought to how are we going to express that in ways that, you know, to our kids and Mm -hmm. with our extended family and neighbors and, you know, church community, whatever, that the the sights and the sounds and the smells and all of those things come together to say, this is a glorious reality. Mm -hmm. It's good news for the world. Yeah, and I think there's, all that is, yes, amen. There's an element of of, of those who who are listening maybe who, who think, yeah, but Christmas just brings up pain. It just brings up grief because of everything we're describing, all the joy that's being, you know, is moving in that direction. Well, Christmas is just reminding me again that I don't have this family member here or um, the tragedy of loss of a loved one or, um, you know, somebody who's there and this may be their last because of a diagnosis. And and there's just this tension, you know, just just the, the fear and the sadness that this season can also bring. What hope does... Christmas have for people like that? And I think the answer is the same. The answer is Christ came to redeem that. Christ came to put to death sin and death and to conquer the world. And not just to save you personally, but to put what, to, but to, you know, yeah. to reign overall. And I think that just, the more, for, whether we're stressed about getting together and travel, stressed about how does our house look compared to the neighbor's Stressed about all the, you know, getting together with family, stressed about this, sad that my dad's not going to be there, or sad that, you know, this is the first time we get together, this first holiday with, without this person there. Um, you know, all, all of those, the antidote and the, 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 the remedy is the same. It's, it's looking to Christ. It's looking to him and that I need not fear. I, I need not be grumpy or scroogey. I, I need not be stingy. I, I need not be whatever, fill in the, the, the sin, because Christ came. And because he has come in the flesh now and has not just came, but went on the mission, uh, went to the cross, died in our place, rose again in our place, and ascended and is now ruling. And from there, it gives us his spirit so that we might be able to 
enjoy the season. And then out of that, give abundantly, be joyous in abundance, mm-hmm. um, celebrate. Uh, all, all of that now comes from not me just trying to force it, not me just yeah. trying to gin it up, but out of a spirit of the gospel working in my life. It's where the that line, uh, all the sad things come untrue. This this is the mm. the foundation of that, the beginning right. of that, that, that Christ is come to make his blessings flow as far as the curse is found. And yeah. so light piercing the darkness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all the, that imagery is just showing that uh, he came for those reasons that we could find redemption and hope and joy. And, and I think, Matt, that's so helpful how you point out um, it's Christmas season is not a time to try to willpower joy mm-hmm. out of your own heart. Like that's the source of the joy. Right. It's objective by looking at Christ and focusing outside of yourself, that's the source. And so looking there, it's no accident, no coincidence that so many of the Christmas songs that we love, when you were trying to name some of those earlier, I was thinking, what are my favorite ones? Uh, um, O come thou long expected Jesus. Mm. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Those have very mournful Mm -hmm. tones to them. Um, and, and there's a reason that so many Christmas hymns have a mournful feel because they're expressing, you know, Advent means coming. And, And there was a time when, those who are hoping in the prophecies of old are looking forward to and out of desperation, longing right. for that coming. And and still for us, Advent, we remember Christ did come, but also we're waiting for him to return. And so while we live in the already but not yet, looking forward to his return when he raises us from the dead, glorifies our body yeah. as he is has been glorified, um, the fact that we suffer does not have to detract from that. Right. In fact, it's okay in the Christmas season to sing mournfully, yeah. Oh, come thou long expected Jesus, and deep, longing for that. And can deepen the experience. That's so, right. man, we, I think, our, I think all of our prayer for all those listening for our, for our church is that in this season, um, you might not, <laughs> that, the, that the gospel will have its effect in producing in you joy and generosity and uh, yeah, and hospitality and, and all the fruits of the Spirit might be in operation because of what Jesus did, be, and which is what we celebrate at Christmas is the coming of the Christ. So, Amen. Be like Fezziwig. Be like... <laughs> you must make figgy pudding. That's, that's the <laughs> command. Okay. Thank you all. Until next time. Happy Christmas. Thanks for listening to Make and Multiply. If you have questions about anything related to discipleship huddles, missional communities, or gospel fluency, you can reach out to your missional community leader. And if you're not yet plugged into gospel community at Emmaus Road, visit us online at EmmausRoadSF.com.